0: Uh, so how's your, how's your week going?
1: I mean, I'm not in jail.
0: Was <laughs> that something that almost happened or was it?
1: I mean, I almost walked out on Monday, but I have to have a decision by Monday on what the next steps are, but I, I can't, I can't do this anymore. I don't know what's with this week, but I'm exhausted. I'm over it. I'm over it.
0: This is about to be the best hour of your day, right? <laughs> <laughs> I plead the fifth wow okay I thought that was a slam dunk but I guess not. <laughs>
1: two best um friends
0: oh wait keep your shirt on it's just a typo stop You are freaking ridiculous
1: who think they know football
0: the Chiefs or the Colts or wow the Chargers there we go Stop thinking, just read.
1: Bring you unprecedented access to the NFL world.
0: Mike White is now on my fantasy roster and maybe starting over Russell Wilson.
1: I spent $25 to get Jacoby Kobe Because here it's real football by real fans. Like as a disturbance in the force. As a clip Kingbury <laughs> suddenly cried out and was silent. <laughs> the Matt and Mike football hour starts now.
0: And welcome in to another episode of the Matt and Mike Football Hour. I said it correctly. Off to a good start, uh, with me here as always, my co-host Matt. Uh, Matt, thank you for joining us once again.
1: That's me. Cheerful and happy and nothing possibly could sour my mood.
0: Uh, alright, so, uh, we've got just one game left of this year's NFL season. We're then we can talk sleep. about it. Then we can, yeah. We, that means <laughs> that means we have this episode, and then one more episode recapping it all, and then we can sleep. All right, I can do this. <laughs> I
1: don't believe in myself.
0: <laughs> I don't believe in you either. Sorry.
1: <laughs> That's fine. I I knew you'd come around eventually.
0: <laughs> so uh, before we get to our our official Super Bowl preview, we have to discuss. Uh, a few more league headlines. The head coaching search is completed now. Every team has filled their, uh, their role. And there are some notable uh, omissions, notable guys who did not end up that's
1: getting a big word for you.
0: <laughs> Which one? Notable? Omission? <laughs> <laughs> I was
1: going with omissions, but I like the fact you went to notable.
0: <laughs> I don't even know if that's the right word in this case. <laughs>
1: You know uh, what it doesn't matter. As long as you say it with confidence, people will listen.
0: All right. Great. Thank you. Um so we'll talk about that and then we will of course get into our our uh our big preview. Um not just the game itself, but uh not just the football itself, but the entertainment, the venue, all the, all that good stuff. Um so and of course at the end we'll make our picks. Although Matt has already made his about five months ago. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, let's talk about the coaching search a little bit first. The Seahawks, uh, whoa. Hello? The Seahawks,
1: whoa. <laughs> whoa, those Seahawks, man.
0: <laughs> I put my cursor in, in the wrong corner of the screen and my computer went to sleep for like half a second there and I forgot. Yeah, down.
1: don't open that tab.
0: <laughs> I'm not sharing my screen, right? <laughs>
1: I'm not, I'll never tell.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Okay. The Seahawks brought in Mike McDonald, the Ravens defensive coordinator, uh, to be their new head coach. Leaving only the commanders after being spurned by Ben Johnson, (laughs) they went to their, uh, their sloppy seconds of Dan Quinn, uh, who most recently has been the Cowboys defensive coordinator. uh, Dan Quinn jumps over in the division to be the commander's new head coach.
1: Which I find interesting because the best thing that the commanders had through most of the season was their defense, and then they traded away their star defensive players. So I don't like the way that's set up already. But if anybody can can turn the defensive side around, it should be Dan Quinn. Although I will just say the last time he was a head coach, that defense was much to be desired. But, you know, sometimes you learn from those mistakes, right? Like, maybe he influences the defense, but he doesn't necessarily call the defensive plays. But we'll see. We'll see what this go around. But, I mean, it's a shaky position for to be the commander's head coach right now.
0: Yeah. Yeah. A uh, very precarious situation. They do have, uh, the, I think the second pick in the draft. Is that right? Yes. Okay. Uh, so they've got some, some ammunition to, uh, start a rebuild there. It looks well, like it
1: depends it. Uh, on what their new OC does.
0: Uh, yeah, and okay, fine. <laughs> fine. You forced my hand. Cliff Kingsbury is the, <laughs> I was going to save that for, uh, about 30 seconds from now, but we can just do it now. Uh, Cliff, Kings- Cliff Kingsbury, uh, is back in the NFL. He is the new offensive coordinator, uh, for the Washington Commanders. So, uh, we were talking about this, uh, when he's, he's interviewed with several teams in the past couple of weeks, uh, the Bears, the Raiders, um, and wh- wherever he's gone, rumors of Caleb Williams come with him, given the USC connection, um, But this is where he winds up with Washington. and
1: I'm curious what they're going to give up to swap with Chicago for the number one pick.
0: (laughs) I'm very curious about the situation now, too. Are the Bears even willing to trade it, or do they want Caleb for themselves?
1: Yeah, Um, I mean.
0: But it it certainly adds fuel to that fire of of the speculation of, of a trade like that happening.
1: What if you just take Caleb out of spite?
0: The Bears, yeah. I don't know if if he's their guy and and he wants them and and everything, then they probably will just do that. And but that's it for ma- our. It
1: makes the draft interesting because typically you don't see trades that early, but like now the the rumor mill begins and it gets spicier and it's just I don't know. It makes you excited for the draft already, and we haven't even finished the Super Bowl.
0: Yeah, I know. It's like the season's still not done yet, and I'm already looking forward to free agency and the draft. Um, so we'll see on that. Uh, but now that all the roles haven't filled, that and Bill Belichick did not end up getting a job. So for the first time this century, Bill Belichick won't be an NFL head coach.
1: Very weird.
0: It is weird. And, and now of all kinds of – it seems like he was – closest to atlanta um but now all kinds of reports are coming out that he wanted too much control the gm didn't because that was basically how it was set up for him in new england all these years at the patriots
1: and that's exactly what i talked about last time my suspicion was it was he wanted to have influence as both the gm and head coach which means somebody's out of a job so you my my thing would be is you'd have to find a team that was looking to move on from both the head coach and the GM and very rarely are both fired typically they go one or the other um if the head coach is doing decently like sometimes the GM gets canned because they're kind of controlling the draft and uh
0: right and the, the checks
1: and the money yeah. and and the free agency and a coach can only coach with what he's given with but When you're both, it's kind of like you get everything you want.
0: Right. And uh, I guess it just came down to it that nobody wanted to give him that kind of control. And so he, he, yeah, he he won't be coaching in the NFL this year, which is crazy. Uh, It also means that Mike Vrabel, who was, at least in my opinion, I, I thought he would be near the top of the list of um, candidates for all these teams with a, a vacancy, but he was uh, fired by the Titans and and also won't have a head coaching gig this season.
1: I'm more upset about that one. I really like Mike Rabel.
0: Yeah, I feel like he is, did a great job with Tennessee, especially given they never had like a star studded roster full of talent and he was able to make them feisty and competitive.
1: Well, he did what you can expect out of a coach, right? You give him stuff, and he tries to take the stuff that he's given with and make the best of it, and I feel like he did.
0: Yeah. Well, a guy who will be making his coaching debut – well, actually, that's not even true. <laughs> it's not his coaching debut. It is his coordinator debut in the NFL. Jeff Hafley oh, has gone so
1: excited for this hire. Has joined the game. The, the more I dove into him, like the more I'm just like, we actually have somebody calling plays that might actually be competent for the first time in, I don't know, 15 years.
0: <laughs> actually, that timeline's about right. It was, yeah. pre- <laughs> it was good for a while with uh, Dom Capers before he went senile or whatever happened. Uh, <laughs> the Super Bowl run. In 2010, um, crazy. That was almost 15 years ago, but oh, yeah. Jeff Halfley is the Packers new defensive coordinator. Uh, most recently he's been the head coach at Boston College, but he has NFL experience prior to that. He was the deep defensive backs coach for the Buccaneers. Um, and then the Browns and then spent three years with the 49ers from 2016 through 2018. So he's, he's been around the NFL. Um, after leaving San Francisco, he was the co-defensive coordinator at Ohio State, and he's been the head coach at Boston College since 2020. And, uh, I haven't done a super deep dive on him, but it, from what I, a uh, little bit that I have read, it looks like he's bringing a 4-3 scheme <clears throat> with, uh, oh my God. Board up and then
1: completely revamping the defense. It's a 4-3 scheme. He's getting away from the soft shell over-the-top coverage that we saw recently, which just leads to a lot of misses in the tackling side. He's going to lo- have a much more loaded box. It's going to be more press coverage on the outside with the receiver, so a lot more one-on-one with two-shell over-the-top help. Like It's going to just revamp what it is. And hopefully, and I like how you put this comment in there to help the leaky run defense that's kind of been the cripple, but more important, he even talked about in his press conference that the number one thing you have to pay attention to in the NFL compared to college is mobile quarterbacks. Yeah. You have to have a spotter in that box at all times.
0: Right. And and uh what I like about the four three is the extra down linemen uh i've i've seen speculation that might be good a good thing for players like uh Lucas Van Ness who they took in the first round last year um who who likes who likes that better than the 3-4 where the edge you know the outside linebackers aren't uh i don't even remember what the name of the stance is but they they don't have their hand on the ground you know they're they're lined up uh, more in a standing position and it's more of like an edge rusher where it can be harder to Influence the play, uh, depending at least for Vanessa's particular play style. But it seems like this could fit the personnel they have already. Um And I just like the fact that there's an extra down lineman uh, to help against the run game because that's been a, another part. Of frustration is how bad they are at stopping the run. With the four three, you've got a little bit of extra beef up front. <laughs> so I like that. So it is exciting. It's just nice to see change. We we wanted change and we're getting it.
1: Took some time, but you know, I think we said this about maybe halfway to two thirds through the season. It seems like that since this was the last year of Barry's contract, that they were just going to ride it out. Yeah, uh, and. Like my my buddy John mentioned, he goes, "Well, that's great, but if you were to fire him right now, who would be calling the defensive plays? Like, who do you trust to make any type of a difference?" And I was like, "No, that's actually a really good point. I don't know much about the staffing, but clearly they need some work."
0: Mm-hmm. And you wouldn't have been able to do this kind of overhaul in the middle of the season because a lot of the a lot of Barry's staff. Are also getting cleared out, so it, it's kind of a fresh start from the coaching side for this defense, and I'm really excited about that. Uh, did you see Joe Barry was hired by the Dolphins to be specifically their run game defense, coordinator, like Their run game coordinator for their defense? I'm like, really? That's the well, guy. Well, I you mean, want if you
1: that? can run on that defense, then clearly you can coordinate a run game because you don't know yeah. how to stop it.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm excited. Like just like you said, I, I feel very optimistic about this hire. Uh I okay. just need
1: a kicker. <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right. Without further ado, let us get into our Super Bowl fifty eight preview. All right. In case you didn't know, it's taking place this Sunday, February eleventh at five thirty PM. February. I'm- that's how you say it. I'm kind of drunk saying it. Have you ever seen it? Okay, whatever. Uh, <laughs> the venue is Allegiant Stadium, the Raiders' uh, new home in Las Vegas. The broadcasters, uh, Matt, I know you'll be excited about this. It's a CBS broadcast, so that means we get Tony Romo and Jim Nance. or maybe you'd prefer the Nickelodeon. Uh, I am probably going
1: to prefer the Nickelodeon. <laughs> I'm not going to sit here and listen to Tony Romo again. <laughs>
0: it's getting awkward at this point. His, uh, his verbal, uh, love affair with Patrick Mahomes <laughs> only rivaled by Chris Collinsworth.
1: <laughs> I mean, there's that. And then we can just go back to the old John Madden days with Brett Favre.
0: Well, see, that didn't bother me because I, I love Brett Favre too. <laughs>
1: I'm just saying, like, every commentator just has, like, one quarterback that they got all latch oh, like, on to.
0: like a favorite, yeah. The Halftime Entertainment will be Usher. I don't
1: know how I feel about this one. No? I mean, it's definitely up our alley. Like, our...
0: Yeah, I feel like it continues the, like, kind of throwback trend, you know?
1: Like, they had Dr. Dre and Snoop and them... Right, just like okay, I grew up with that. Like, and who's going to be playing? Who's our matchup?
0: Who oh, has yes. the crystal ball? <laughs> that only as predicted, one as side? predicted by our very own Matt in in August, the matchup is the Kansas City Chiefs against the San Francisco Forty ers
1: My God, it'll never happen again on this show.
0: <laughs> that, and that's why I'm I'm never going to stop bringing it up because it's like the the biggest. Uh, <laughs> The best prediction either of us has ever made on this show.
1: (laughs) Yeah, but then everything happened with Kansas City this year that made me go, why?
0: (laughs) Well, speaking of everything that happened with Kansas City this year. See,
1: this is what I'm paid to do. (laughs) Segue between segments.
0: Earning the small bucks. (laughs) The non-existent bucks. Eventually,
1: uh, after like twenty-five more years of this show, I'll have a penny. We'll see. I'm going to frame that penny.
0: Yeah, most businesses frame their first dollar. We're <laughs> we're going to frame our first like half of a penny. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yes, I, I thought it would be appropriate to uh, take a look back at how each team got here, right? Like, they take a look won at
1: their games. All uh, right, not all of them. Century.
0: Not all of them, Matt.
1: <laughs> okay, let me rephrase that. You are 100% right. They want enough. <laughs> they want enough games, yeah. <laughs> Thank you for the correction. I, my apologies, people.
0: Yes, this isn't a battle between, uh, you know, 18-0 and 0 teams. All right, let's start with the Chiefs. Coming into the season, they uh, were the defending champs. They won last year's Super Bowl uh, after taking down the Eagles. Not a whole lot of change for them besides one notable um absence from the coaching staff, and that being their longtime offensive coordinator, Eric Bieniemy, who spent the year in uh, Washington. And I don't know if you can make a direct uh correlation, but it was a down year for the Chiefs offense and Patrick Mahomes. They were ninth in yards per game, 15th in points per game, Uh, where they led the league in both categories the prior season. Pretty steep drop off, uh, there and...
1: Well, I mean, I think there's a huge catalyst for that and that's when your guys can't catch the ball.
0: (laughs) Yeah, Kadarius Tony, he single-handedly cost them at least two games with...
1: One was an offsides penalty for sure and one was a game-winning drop that he just, I don't know.
0: MVS. So maybe three then, because he also had multiple drops through his hands that turned into interceptions, one of which was a pick six on the opening night of the season and that uh, one point loss to Detroit. Um, but yeah, that's going to hurt the team and, uh, hurt, make, you know, makes the homes look worse too. I still, I, we've said it before. I think there needs to be a new category. I, I don't think it should count as a quarterback interception if it goes off of the, both of your receiver's hands.
1: Yeah, there there should be a way because if you know, it's like the what, it's like the an error. when he batted the ball up,
0: yeah, and, into the and it just
1: falls and it's like, dude, just let it hit, go hit the ground. Don't don't try mm-hmm. to play a defender.
0: It, it's like in baseball how an error doesn't count against the pitcher's uh, stats. You know, if that guy ends up scoring, we right. need something like that in the NFL. Um, but anyway, their receiving core has been a big liability this season. However, as the offense kind of took a, took a step back for the Chiefs this year, uh Steve Spagnuolo's defense took a big step forward. They were the second best in uh, yards per game and points per game allowed, and that was a big improvement from the 2022 season, where they were 16th and the 11th ranked, uh, respectively. So um getting into the, their games this season, crazy week one loss to the lions on the opening night of the season. But after that, they ripped off six straight victories, uh, including, well, what seemed impressive at the time, obviously uh, <laughs> none of these teams ended the season looking very good, but <laughs> they beat
1: the Jags. I mean, Jacksonville was supposed to be the contender for the, for the AFC. Right. And uh, I don't yeah. know what happened halfway through the season. They forgot that they played football. I don't know either, days. man.
0: <laughs> I don't know what happened to the media. that, uh, Ne didn't have enough
1: hair straightener or
0: shampoo or whatever, <laughs> yeah, if he had spent more time uh you know rehabbing his various injuries as he did getting his hair perfect, uh maybe he would have been it <laughs> would have gone better, uh, but they also in that span, they beat the Vikings, who still had Kirk cousins at the time, who was um lest we forget incredible before going down to the torn Achilles. Um, and also the chargers who still had Justin Herbert at the time, so you know and
1: hand fire their head coach, like I called for I beat the drum this year for a lot of people to lose their jobs. I kind of feel like that's not a war drum you should beat, but it's fine,
0: <laughs> and i hope no, hope no one out there is beating the drum for me to lose my job. that would
1: <laughs> <Well>.
0: anyway, <laughs> six and one at that point. Uh, then they had a very surprising week eight loss to Denver, a uh, game in which their, uh, were they uh, where the Broncos how to
1: play football. Fans.
0: Well, yeah, five turnovers. got forgot
1: the, what color their jerseys were. I mean, orange, red, you know.
0: Five turnovers by the Kansas City offense, which has been pretty much unheard of in the Mahomes era. But, uh, you're not going to win a lot of games <laughs> when you turn it over that many times. And, uh, yeah, they lost that one nine to 24. And it was kind of rocky after that in general. They went four and four, uh, to close out the regular season after the bye. Uh, but thanks to that great start and the fact that the rest of their division literally fell to pieces and <laughs> the quarterbacks, as was a league wide trend this year, the quarterbacks in the AFC West all went down <laughs> to injury. I
1: guess except Russell. The league lost their starting quarterback. So it's like, man, this year just. Yeah, it was wild. It did not look good. But I feel like, too, like the Chiefs were looked at, not that they were unbeatable, right, but they were this powerhouse that, you know, would keep you up at night and scratch your heads at how to stop. And I feel like the season started with that sort of stigma, but definitely the back half going four and four, especially the five turnovers, and it wasn't the only game with multiple turnovers. It's no. just. Mm-hmm the Chiefs seem to be figured out by certain teams. And when you can figure it out, like, it it makes the game easier. And I think they all learned, like, Mahomes is incredible on off-platform throws. But if you can keep your guys glued to their receivers, you know, eventually somebody's going to get worn down and get to him. That's the best part about man coverage, right, is if you stick to your guy – the quarterback can only escape so many times before there's someone's going to get to something. Right. Or they're going to have to throw it away. Like, and I think that's what they figured out.
0: Yeah. It's definitely been a different, different script for them compared to the high flying offense that they've had in years past. Um, but, and, and they've looked shaky at times, but once they got into the playoffs, it's been, um, you know, full steam ahead for this team. They've looked really good. They've made a rare appearance in the wildcard round, given they were not the top seed in the AFC. Uh, they trounced Miami in the sub-zero temperatures in Kansas City. Thanks, Miami. Yeah, thanks for nothing.
1: Threw yep. my entire AFC love bracket your, off. Love your bracket. I'm so mad because I, like I nailed it. the NFC. Could you imagine? I'd been so mad if I had nailed the bracket to begin with and I didn't enter it in any contest.
0: If if you nailed the preseason Super Bowl pick and perfect bracket, you need to quit this show and just apply for a job at a real sports company. <laughs> just like, hey, look, look what I did. <laughs> Want to see I sent you it?
1: that meme with that guy that's that applied to be was it the defensive coordinator for Green Bay. Did I send you that?
0: <clears throat> I don't remember.
1: Basically this fan would like use his Madden career stats to apply for Green Bay's defensive coordinator. <laughs> and he got a handwritten note back from Mark Murphy that was like, look, I appreciate it. You clearly have some skill. Um, unfortunately, we're going in a different direction with this position. And then he put it at the end, but I think the Bears are looking for someone.
0: Yeah, okay. Yeah, I saw. I did see that. That's pretty funny.
1: And I was like, you know what? I like this organization. <laughs>
0: So then in the divisional round, um, Mahomes had to play his first ever road playoff game, which is insane to think about for a guy who's in, like, his, what, sixth, seventh year in the league, most of those in the playoffs. <laughs> that just goes to show how dominant they had been up to this point. Went toe-to-toe with Josh Allen. Uh, it was a back-and-forth affair. The offenses were both firing. Uh, but the Chiefs came out on top with the three-point victory as uh, Bills kicker Tyler Bass uh, just pushed his game-time field goal wide uh at the very end.
1: Which would honestly prove to be the toughest battle in the postseason up to that point.
0: <clears throat> Definitely, yeah. Uh, on paper, you would have thought maybe their next game in the championship round against Baltimore would be tougher, but uh, this Ravens team was the number one seed, and Their offense, I mean, they look great on both sides of the ball, but this Ravens offense especially it kind of had their way with teams during the regular season. But this was a game that the Chiefs won with their defense. They only mustered 17 points themselves, but they held the Ravens to 10. They flustered Lamar Jackson. They made him uncomfortable, forced turnovers.
1: I just feel like that. Baltimore went away from what they were good at for whatever reason. And I don't understand it, which is the complete opposite of what they got. You know, people were mad at Detroit for, right? Detroit played what they were true to, whether you liked it or not. Yeah. The aggressive play calling and here, Baltimore seemed to get away from the run, which was yeah. what they were kind of established a dominance. in, and it seemed like they were trying to make more passes. And I get, you gotta, you gotta change things. Going into this, you know, these deep season runs, but like, man, you can't throw away a script that works.
0: Yeah, and I don't know if there was a case of, uh, I mean, there's been a lot made this uh, postseason about how much experience, playoff experience matters for a team. And I don't think, I mean, I don't think the Ravens had <clears throat> gotten this far into the postseason in a long time. So maybe it was a case of, uh, pushing too much, overthinking things, and the Chiefs defense deserves a lot of credit too. I think they just made them uncomfortable. Um, it is weird though, cause this was never a, they were never getting blown out, the Ravens. It's not like they had to abandon the run game. It, this was close the whole time, but Chiefs got it done on the back of their defense, and now they are here, back on the precipice of the NFL's biggest stage, where their opponent will be
1: Because
0: I think we've already said twice, and there's no way anyone listening to this doesn't already know anyway the San Francisco 49ers. (laughs) What? And uh, they were coming off, uh, so entering the season, they had uh, a brutal end to their 2022 campaign in the conference championship uh, loss of the. The what-if bowl, yeah, were both quarterbacks, Purdy and the backup, Josh Johnson or whatever, both incapacitated in the first half, could not play. I, mean, I think Johnson was out with a concussion. Purdy had an elbow injury, literally could not throw. And, uh yeah, they lost that game. But coming into this year, they had a lot of optimism. they A lot of confidence in Purdy. They cut Jimmy Garoppolo. They traded away Trey Lance, the former third overall pick. And uh, they really put they, – they gave him the reins uh, to this offense.
1: Now, I don't know how true this is, but there was, a, there was a comment circulating around from Kyle Shanahan that basically said to Brock Purdy, unless, like, Tom Brady signs on and joins, there's no way you're not starting. And I feel like, yeah, that's pretty fair. <laughs> I
0: mean, he definitely um... – has been worthy of of that of that confidence.
1: Yeah, tell all these other people on these like sports shows that
0: <laughs> they, people love to hate this guy. I don't don't quite get it. Uh, so, given that Purdy started, you know, the back half of last season, too, not much really changed for them coming to this year, besides losing their defensive coordinator D'Amico Ryan's, uh, who became the Texans' head coach. And he was replaced by Steve Wilkes, who has run the defense this year. So just looking at the numbers, the Niners were a dominant team. Second-best offense in yards per game with almost 400. Third-best in points per game with 29. And defense top 10 in both categories as well, eighth in yards allowed. Third in points with just 17.5 allowed per game. And they also, just like the Chiefs, they started the season – in dominant fashion, going out to a 5-0 and start, including a beatdown of the supposedly contender Cowboys, 42-10. to uh, Then came a weird stretch for the 49ers where they lost three. Right before two-row. their bye. Yeah, yeah. And this was the part of the season where are like, oh, maybe they're not legit. <laughs> um, but I think you know, just looking at the three losses, the first one was on the road in Cleveland where they had an incredible defense, especially at home this year. Um, Purdy, this was Purdy's first loss as a starter, which is crazy. He went almost, you know, I don't know how many games (laughs) for without losing. Uh, but this was the first time that happened. He had completed under 50% of his passes, barely broke a hundred pass yards. And the team still nearly pulled out the win, but, uh, fell short. I think just a two point loss. Then they lost to the Vikings where, uh, Purdy threw two late interceptions, and Kirk Cousins really torched this defense for almost 400 passing yards. Kind of similar. Know,
1: get it out early. You know, that's when you want yeah. these games to happen then, not,
0: uh. Right.
1: Not after.
0: And the, the Cincinnati loss after that was pretty similar where uh, Purdy had two interceptions and Joe Burrow had uh, nearly as many touchdown passes as incompletions that you could argue the defense let them down. And in all those games, San Francisco scored 17 points. And, uh, and I think Debo Samuel missed these games. He's their primary offensive weapon, uh, besides arguably McCaffrey. So you could understand that kind of throwing a wrench in the offense a little bit. So those are the three losses after that. Uh, after their bye, they. Got things turned around. Debo Samuel came back. They won six in a row after the bye, all by double-digit uh, margins of victory. Then came the game we thought and almost was uh, a Super Bowl preview when they they played the Ravens on Christmas Day. And uh, the this game went went south for them quickly. Is pers- say the
1: Purdy debacle?
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean it's the
1: only time I was mad at him all season. <laughs>
0: He had a bad game. Four interceptions, obviously, but I think at least two of them would not have counted if we had some kind of, uh, you know, smart metric that would put it on the receivers instead.
1: <laughs> NFL smart. Come on now.
0: <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it goes down in the books as a four interception game. They got blown out. The defense also got, uh, shredded by Lamar Jackson and, and the Ravens. And it ended up in a 33 to 19 loss. And uh, that was the last um, real loss of the season because the the week 18, they didn't play their starters. So pretty great season overall. And then they did end up as the top seed in the NFC. So they got a buy in the first round. Uh, Beat the Packers again (laughs) in the divisional round of the playoffs. (laughs) Said with such disdain. (laughs) We've talked enough about that game. (laughs) And, uh, they looked like, I mean, they, Detroit had them on the ropes in the NFC Championship game, but mounted an epic comeback, um, to, to take them out and secure their place in the Super Bowl. So there you have it. Just like four years ago, Niners Chiefs. And, uh, you sent me that post and I've seen this going around a lot of eerie similarities between <laughs> this matchup. And four years ago, um, yeah, in that game, the uh, Chiefs came out on top against the Jimmy Garoppolo led 49ers, but
1: we don't talk about those
0: days. A lot has, a lot has changed uh, since then. So, uh, I thought it would be uh, fun to talk about some of our key matchups here for this game.
1: I am. Never been more on the edge of my seat. <laughs> it's good to pay for this.
0: How about uh, Isaiah Pacheco against, uh-huh. going up against this 49ers run defense? We saw in both the Niners playoff games so far, they have given up a lot of yards on the ground, coming in big chunks too. But I feel like
1: their run defense is going to definitely be the epitome of bend but don't break. They gave up a lot of yards, but they weren't a lot of points on the ground. They were mostly points through the air.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's true. But the yards on the ground can set up points through the air. The Lions rushed for almost 200 yards with an unbelievable nine (laughs) average, nine per carry.
1: Did Joe Barry get in their headset? (laughs) Yeah.
0: Yeah. And uh, even the Packers ran for 124. Uh, the Packers running backs, that is, averaged almost six per carry. And, uh, yeah, Aaron Jones ripped off a 40-plus yard run in that game. I think it was actually a Lions receiver on a kind of end around who rushed for a 50 or 40-plus yard run in that game yeah, too.
1: Williams was it, I believe. Yep,
0: yep, yep. And uh, the Chiefs, in addition to the newfound uh, defense, they've had a better running game than usual. Um, Clyde Edwards-Alaire had been pretty disappointing, but they found something in Isaiah Pacheco in his second season. Had almost 1,200 all-purpose yards, nine touchdowns in the regular season, and averaged almost five for carry. So I, <clears throat> I think this is going to be a key matchup, especially if, if the Chiefs, um, have, have trouble getting the pass game going with their receivers or other issues there.
1: Yeah, I, I I mean, the Niners' defense has given up a lot, but at the same time, you know, having a top-ten run defense and top-three, you know, third overall in points allowed, I feel like they can iron out this. I don't think Steve Wilkes is going to allow. They may get one, right, and that's about it.
0: Uh, all right, next one I came up with here. How about um, Jawan Taylor? Chiefs right tackle against his own offense. That's the matchup.
1: (laughs) Why isn't Kadarius Tony on that, too? I would have just summed that up as the Chiefs offense versus the Chiefs offense. (laughs) Because, yeah, you've got Jawan Taylor, you've got Kadarius Tony, but then you've got MVS, you've had Kelsey's had drops. It's like most of these issues – are on their own, it's not even like bad scripting. It's just, it doesn't make any sense. It's very uncharacteristic.
0: Hmm. Well, yeah. Taylor was this big free agent acquisition uh, last offseason. Big money player uh, brought him in on like a, I want to say like a four year $80 million contract, but he's been a big problem for them. He led the league with 17 penalties in the regular season, which get out your calculator, 17 games, 17 penalties with an average of one per game. <laughs>
1: Damn, beat me to it. Okay.
0: Uh, he had eight calculator card. over here. <laughs> yeah. Math leads for life. <laughs> Nerd. He had eight false starts called on him and if you've ever if you watch any Chiefs game he could have had many more called that just aren't for some reason. He always is trying to get a head start on the snap on uh, six holding penalties as well. And uh yeah, if he, if that happens at the wrong time could totally derail an offensive drive. And possessions could be at a premium in this game the way the 49ers can grind out the clock.
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, Mahomes is about as good as they come with two-minute drills and those those game-winning drives, but if you're not given an inkling of time because your offense stalls out or you get, you get a holding call or a false start that pushes you backwards, yeah. Penalties in general can kill even the best teams, but poorly placed, even just one or two poorly called or poorly earned penalties at the wrong time, I mean, yeah. We've watched it take out some of the toughest teams.
0: Right. I mean, the offensive holding is so brutal. You know, ten yards, and if you get that called on a second down, and it puts you in like you know, second and third, twenty territory. Third yeah. seventeen. Yeah, exactly. Tough to overcome that. And just speaking of penalties in general, I just hope there's no controversy in this game. You know, oh, no.
1: Michael. Michael.
0: <laughs> Can we have a Super Bowl? Where we're not, you know, talk.
1: talking about a decision made like six months later.
0: <laughs> yes. Last year it was the somewhat shaky uh, defensive pass interference, Or maybe it was illegal contact or holding. I forget which one they picked. They called the flag oh, on you it. you
1: fool of a took asking for no controversial calls? There will be like
0: three now because it's the Chiefs. That's the, that's, that's the thing. Yeah. Whoever wins this game, I just want it to be pure, you know? <laughs> last year it was the DPI called on Philly that basically ended the game and allowed the Chiefs to run out the clock without giving them the ball back for one last go ahead, uh, one last attempt. I remember Rams Bengals where they called like, three penalties in a row in the end zone, kept giving the Rams chances to score, and eventually they basically resetting
1: the Rams offense. Yeah. Like, okay, you guys win the game this time. Nope. Okay. All right. Here we go. try it this time. No. All right. Here we we go.
0: (laughs) Yeah. That's what I don't want to see. And then how about uh, Brock Purdy versus uh, Chiefs defensive coordinator, Steve Spagnuolo. Purdy's been mostly – really good uh but he's still a young quarterback just in his second year first full year as a starter and as we've even seen in this postseason susceptible to making some mistakes uh, i think he had an interception in in each of the past each of the playoff games one against green bay one against detroit had a couple of uh as we talked about bad games in the regular season with multiple picks and uh Spagnolo is, I think, one of the best in the game when it comes to an opponent-specific uh, game plan. And I think we saw that on full display against the Ravens when they stifled and, and frustrated Lamar Jackson and his team.
1: I agree. Like, I, I like that assessment of the way Spagnolo does seem to be able to take out your weapons. However, the Niners have such a spread offense where they can dump yeah. the ball off to. It makes it tricky. They knew Jackson was like... You know, you had J.K. Dobbins in them, but Jackson is really the the run base of that offense. If you take him out of the equation, you stifle a lot of it. Purdy never really rushed a lot, but then he made great decisions where he did run for it, and he advanced the chains, picked up yardage to make it a third and manageable. So it's like... Just when you thought you're like, it's all Debo Samuel, or it's all Brandon Ayuk or it's just George Kittle, or you got to focus on CMC, here yeah. comes Purdy, and like, watch this, I can help too. And it's like, great, there's another thing. So how do you truly plan for what the Niners do? Because I feel like they are the epitome of, if you try to take out one, somebody else takes their place.
0: Yeah, yeah, I mean, that's a great summary of how dangerous their offense is. It's almost like a pick your poison and you can, maybe you can hold them down for a while like Detroit did, but eventually McCaffrey is going to rip off a big run or Samuel takes an end around 50 yards or something like that. Uh And, and I think it, it's tricky. Yeah. Cause I, I feel like Samuel, Devo Samuel and Christian McCaffrey, both, you never know if they're going to get the handoff, if they're going to catch the pass. Uh, they're both dual threat in that way. And
1: and Shanahan's crafty. I wouldn't be oh, surprised yeah. if we saw some flea flickers go on there and stuff little, like that one. Just anything tri- to keep the yeah. defense on their heels.
0: A little trickeration, yeah. So I think that's going to be a fascinating... So maybe it shouldn't be Purdy versus Spagnuolo. How about Shanahan versus Spagnuolo? Just the coaching chess match there. I, I think that's going to be fascinating.
1: Absolutely. I mean, these guys all made it to the Super Bowl, right? So you can literally say when it comes to coaching, it's the Chiefs coaching versus the Rams coaching or the, the Niners coaching. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like you've got everybody's going to be in the epitome of their chess message. But, yeah, I would say you're taking the two strong points. I would say that the way the Chiefs season has gone, the defense has been really what's kept them in games that they might have otherwise lost versus – Shanahan and his offense that have just been a nightmare for defenses to try to figure out.
0: Yep. All right. The more the more we've talked about it, I'm getting more excited about this game. Because coming out of the conference championships, this was kind of like the least desirable matchup.
1: <laughs> oh, it still is. I mean there are there were I think Baltimore and the Lions I think would have been the perfect like Super Bowl in my book. But the yeah. only reason I was excited to see the Niners was because I've I've been a Purdy fan all year. I drafted the dude.
0: Yeah, in fantasy, yeah, you were invested. Like,
1: <laughs> it was. It's just a really like cool story that this guy that was the last pick of the draft is now taking his team to the Super Bowl in his second year. And I think that type of situation, watching all the hate he got when all he did was go out there and win. Like, yep. It just baffled my mind that this guy was getting so much slack thrown at him. And it's like, how much more can this – even if he lost, look at what he's accomplished. Some quarterbacks will play 10-year careers and never make it this far.
0: <laughs> That's so true, yeah. All right, so now for the big question.
1: Will, can we go to sleep? Will
0: Taylor Swift be oh. in attendance? <laughs> this has been such an annoying uh, – <laughs> This is
1: what has made me hate the Chiefs. It's not even the fact of Patrick Mahomes. It's just this,
0: <laughs> and i I I hate that I've been down this rabbit hole. But I'm
1: <laughs> oh my god.
0: According to sources, she has a concert across the world the night before. Maybe she could make it given the time difference. <laughs> You know the NFL is going to roll out the red carpet and offer up. I mean, not that she doesn't have her own, probably, but private jets to get her there for the uh, for the cameras. For this, I saw a disgusting
1: statistic of how much money this whole thing has made the NFL, and I'm like, the NFL doesn't need any more money.
0: <laughs> yeah, right. Like when, when is it? When, when will it ever be enough? Like, can't we just say that they've made enough billions at a certain point or no? I guess no. that would be anti-capitalist of me. But anyway, the real question, <laughs>
1: who are we picking this here? This is where we get canceled.
0: <laughs> That's true, you can't you can't anger the Swifties. You're in big trouble if you do that.
1: That's why I've been quiet and let you do the talking. <laughs> I'm not entirely dumb, just strategic.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: What question burns in your soul? Mike,
0: what, how good could this have been the Jets if Rodgers stayed healthy? That's, that's the question. <laughs> that's oh what keeps God. me up. That's the question that keeps me up at that night. That
1: caught me off guard, and I'm, I'm so proud of you. <laughs> oh, I was not expecting that. My god. All right. That's it. We're over. Show's over, folks. <laughs>
0: All right. So I, I believe your preseason pick was the Chiefs over the Niners. Are you sticking Somehow, with that?
1: Somehow, yeah. Or, or
0: have you or have you peered back into the crystal ball and seen something different?
1: Yeah. Shockingly, that that was my pick for the Super Bowl with the with the Chiefs winning, just given the continued domination that they've elicited. I thought with a full season, Purdy being healthy, the fact that they, you know, the, the magical what-if of the, of the championship game, right? And they just continued to roll. And I have to say, given the struggle of the Chiefs' offense and the fact that the defenses had to bail them out a little bit more than average, it has made me nervous. Versus San Francisco got their struggles out of the way kind of early, right? They, they dominated. They went through a very weird few games there. They went to the bye, Shanahan slapped everybody around, and they came out ready to play, it felt like. Like, they had a goal in mind versus the Chiefs kind of slugged. It was a slugfest for them. Um, And even the two teams' postseasons, right? Like, there was only, like two, like, two of the three games Kansas City dominated, but then they struggled against a much more balanced Bills team, right? Yeah. Versus the Niners have had to be like at attention, ready and rare to go, and you know the Lions and Green Bay game a run for the money. They're they're very comfortable at this point with tight window games, which I think can be a difference when it comes to the the powerhouse of these offenses. Um, but I have to go. I'm going to flip it and I'm going to go with the Niners. I have the belief that just overall, I feel like the weapons available, the consistency that the teams had, the way that they have played as a complete unit um, is very, very well balanced. The Chiefs, you know, obviously can take this thing away very quickly, but you know, the Niners are no strangers to slugging it out. Purdy has to stay clean. And I think he, he can afford probably one mistake. Um, but you cannot give the ball to the Chiefs too often and give them chances because you're just going to get your defensive tired. But I, I think the Niners have this one.
0: Yeah. I, I think it really comes down to. So the strength of the Chiefs has, has largely been the defense this year, but I think, um, this is going to be the, the toughest challenge they've faced. I mean, the, for Lamar and the, Ravens, they still uh, don't have that many weapons and a banged-up running back core, as always, with Baltimore. And so it's like you take the one thing away if Lamar Jackson's running and all of a sudden the offense can't do anything. There's um, a lot of the Niners have a lot more different ways they can hurt you with their offense. Like we were just kind of talking about all the different guys that can get involved. Uh So I think the Chiefs defense will struggle to keep up with all that. So um yeah, I'm, I'm saying advantage Niners. I think on paper they have the better overall team that has been built. Uh, but, you know, like you just said, if, if maybe Purdy gets a little nervous, this is, he's, he's, uh, still a silly young player as we can forget just based on how successful he's been to this point, but could easily get a little bit flustered on this, you know, biggest game of his life and, uh, If he, like you said, I agree with you that, I mean, Niners defense is good. They could probably sustain one turnover. If Niners give the ball to Mahomes, you know, two, three extra times, give him those extra possessions, uh, no matter how well the, the Niners defense plays, that Mahomes will be able to take advantage of that. And then it's advantage chiefs, obviously. But, uh, I'm going with you and I'm taking the Niners. I think they have, um, the more complete team and I think they'll have a a better chance to uh, take home the Lombardi
1: and I feel like now I've got both my bases covered and I predicted the Chiefs at the beginning of the year now we got the Niners (laughs) right I I think I think overall all I've ever asked of the Super Bowl especially is just be a good game don't be one-sided because it just it's Biggest game of the year, and it's just – I hate I hate blowout games in general, but, like, it's the (laughs) Super Bowl, man. You can't be, like, Like 31-7 going into the fourth quarter. Like, come on.
0: like that one Panthers-Broncos Super Bowl. (laughs) It was just completely one-sided.
1: Yeah, where Manning was like, I can still play football, guys, and we forget (laughs) that.
0: (laughs) That's the great thing about both of these offenses. I think if – either of them gets down, even if they get down like two, say, three scores. I mean, Niners were down three scores at halftime against Detroit last week. Both of these teams can put up points in a hurry if they need to. So I'm not so worried about that. Uh, It it should be a, a really fun matchup. I'm excited.
1: Um,
0: Any last words?
1: I don't know if this is true, but apparently Stefanski won
0: coach of the year. I did see that. Yeah. With the Browns, the Browns
1: swept. Uh, Browns won coach of the year, assistant coach of the year, and Joe Flacco is the comeback player of the year.
0: Wow. <laughs> I didn't see that one. That's incredible. I mean, the Browns overcame so much adversity with, with injuries, uh, losing Chubb, who was like the, the leader that, that offense at the running back position. They went through, they were one of the teams who had four different starting quarterbacks, uh, Flacco being the last and most successful of the group. Ironically, given he wasn't even on the roster to start, he wasn't on any roster to start the season. And, uh, yeah, they even made it to the playoffs. So I think that's well deserved.
1: Yeah. I think there was a, there were Stefanski was in the talks. Uh, D'Amico Ryans was in the talk, obviously. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Um, yeah, there were a few guys there that's, like, it's very possible. But, yeah, I guess uh congratulations to Kevin Stefanski. Absolutely. We, we know you listen.
0: Oh, he's listening. No, he just downloads. He doesn't listen. <laughs> that's how he won. All right, yeah, that's well, all I, got. I think that's all we got. Yeah, let's all just. Go forth and enjoy the finale of what's been another awesome, crazy, twisty, turny, fascinating NFL season. And, uh, we will, we'll see you on the other side.
1: Wait, are we dying?
0: (laughs) I mean, that's kind of, kind of what it feels like when the NFL goes on its hiatus.
1: The no man's land.
0: Like bears, we go hibernate. until until free agency in the draft. It's like that uh, that thing I sent you on Instagram where it's like what what do men do when the football season during the off season or whatever and it's just like hello darkness, my old friend Pretty much. <laughs> Closes up his hoodie over his face. Like I
1: feel like at the end of the season it's exhausted and I can take this deep breath, but then like a month later it's like, Well, what do I do now? Wait, the season like, starts and I'm like, Oh my god, there's gonna be like eighteen 21 weeks of this crap of just like oh my god aggravation <laughs> and why are we doing this and what is wrong with my life and then it ends and you're like well that was fast
0: how do i fill that void
1: <laughs> why do i have to i need to feel miserable what happened
0: <laughs> no i feel <laughs> i feel miserable for the less fun reasons i want to be miserable because of football not because of real life stuff
1: <laughs> you're right i go to football to escape
0: all right well whatever happens um it's been another uh great season covering this all with you matt and
1: uh i hate you a little less each year
0: wow one of these one of these years so first it was hat i think maybe we're down to ha now and then maybe one of these years it'll just be oh my god
1: that's still the greatest single moment i think ever
0: when you texted me earlier, I despise you, I think was the word you used. So like, oh, yeah, I was like. Don't oh. mean D-E-S-P-I-S. <laughs> despise <Dis-dis- laughs> Without, Without that E on the end. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> that's it. We'll see you guys next week for the big recap and, uh I guess, off-season preview. But until then, let's enjoy this last game and go Niners.
1: Then there was one. Thank you for taking time and listening to the Matt and Mike Football Hour. If you've enjoyed what you've listened to, please leave a like. If you have any questions, comments, or ideas for the show, make sure you leave a comment below. And as always, we will see you next time right here in the virtual studio with myself, Matt, and Mike.